Hello, friends and fellow adventurers. Welcome to the MinMax Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us, and you do so as we continue the Extinction Curse. As always, we'd like to invite you to come join our Discord where you can hang out with us and other listeners of the show. And if you'd like to throw a little financial support our way, you can check out our Patreon. And a shout-out to all of those at our big number level and above. Rock Jedi, Iggy, Wolf, Blondimus Slump, Thunder Mammoth, The Trevor Project, Das Chris, Fizzgig, AC Goldner, The Brigand Alliance, Eric R. Oh, just gonna sneak right past you there. Indie Link, Tawdry Monster, Mercutio, Angel Shadowheart, Forevermore, Sirendon, Dickie Lopez, Licky Topez, Ricky Ropage, Alex K, Mordine, Doma Elaka, Dr. Grinnis, Frank L, Just Mike Works, Ross D, Darren W, Marab Syndrome, Fake Tears, Zach S, Jimmy H, Mr. Turtle, Sleeve, Darren, Caleb W, Corey, Pickle, Mr. Grimm, Fire Down, M54E, was Jameson S, Eric R, plus two verbal seven of whacking. Thank you all so much for your support. And now a recap of session 137. After passing through a cloud wall in the mountains and defeating a massive colossus, we find ourselves in the Vale of Aradin, which is a beautiful place. As we make our way into the Vale, we find two stone statues, but at the same time, we're approached by a titan. This is Ilosa, who we were told about. She confirms that the Zolgath did pass through. She wants us to help her find some sheep? We agree, I guess, and to find the sheep, Jeb elicits the help of some birds. The wizard brings phantom steeds to the equation, and we take off. We find a sheep, and nearby are some Zolgaths and daemons. We nuke them a bit and fly in for some melee. We kill them, Moonlight busts out the old Golden Laws. And the Zolgaths, some of them nuke-blind, surrender. Now that you're down at the base of the statue, you can get a good look at it. A century-old tree stretches over this plaza's northwestern edge, providing a patch of shade over the stones its roots have disrupted. At the center of the pavilion stands a ten-foot-tall statue of a man in tidy robes, a collection of rolled scrolls tucked under one arm. To the north, south, and east of the statue, marble obelisks match the statue's height and are inscribed with lines of archaic text. The western obelisk lies broken along the ground. And the two, the two blinded Zolgaths are on their knees before you. We value our lives more than Sarvel's quest for vengeance and destruction. Allow us to live. Is this still all in Draconic? I, I don't know if that's my choice. Whose choice is it? That's a good question. What were you doing here? We were sent here by Sarvel Everhunger. To do... To watch over the statue and prevent any that are following us from progressing in the Vale. We have failed as your might is superior. Beach Pie walks up behind. Jebediah, look. It's the scholar, I think. You know, the last one we just had to, like, ask for its help because it's a beggar. I think for the scholar... Who could recite it? Cat facts. Cat facts. Tiger piece smells of popcorn. Does it work? Is, is that the only fact you know? <laughs> yep. Bro, Google. That's the best one I got. <laughs> we got the internet, man. Just Google some facts. That's the best one. Online facts. It is, it is, That's it the, is best the best one. one. <laughs> so you'll just backdrop the wizard and the Zolgath's conversation with... Jebediah reciting cat facts to the statue. Exactly. <laughs> and 
Mo- Moonlight's standing nearby, but has no idea what they're t- they're saying. It's, it's all intraconic. It is. Yeah, I would think Jeb would be speaking in common. Do they stop our conversation when they hear it? No. Do I? Did they even give him a glance? Do I think that they're at least a little confused in why why the the random dwarf just said that tiger pee smells like popcorn? They might look over at him just to kind of like, oh, the dwarf is over there talking to the statue, but they don't react in a way that they understand. He's the guy that gets to decide if you live or die. <laughs> the dwarf. Yeah, the one that just said that that uh, tiger pee smells like popcorn. Is that true? It, you gotta ask him. He's the cat expert. Or master? We don't speak his tongue. Common? I don't speak common? Talden. <laughs> it spits. Oh. <laughs> um, what would you like us to tell the dwarf? Can you translate for us? Uh, sure. Um, what, what, do you, what do you want to say to the dwarf? Allow us to live. Jeb, they want you to allow them to live. I told them you're in charge of if they would live or die. What the, why'd you do that? Well, I feel like Moonlight gets that choice too too often. I thought I'd give it to somebody else, and Peach Pie just... Yeah, it's Peach Pie. Peach Pie would just ask if they have uh, any performances that they do. Wait, you guys got any performances you do? So you made them permanently blind, huh? Permanently blind. They look at each other, but they can't. One's looking off to the right of the other, is they can't quite get each other's position very well, you know, being blind at all. No, no, no we do not. Wiz, tell them to run north as fast and as far as they can. Tell them to run as fast and far as they can? North. They're yeah. blind. Exactly. <laughs> you guys pretty comfortable moving around while you're blind? The one tries to stand up and stumbles a bit. It will be difficult to get along. Magic can cure many things. Do you you guys know magic that can cure it? I can cure it. What? Curing their blindness? Peach Pie, killing them's not the same as curing. We'll figure it out. I I can remove blinded. It just takes an hour. You can remove permanent blindness? All blindness is permanent. It's blindness. I mean, there are effects that are temporary blind. Are there? Yeah. Maybe there are. Yes. I can remove disease, or blind, or deafened, or doomed, or drained, or fatigued. That's that new skill feat you took, isn't it? Legendary medic. There you go. Uh, well, the, the scary clown can remove your blindness, I guess. Why are we removing the blindness? That's the unf- it's f- There's a fuck- No! No! Wait- Wait, the dwarf's, the dwarf's uh, saying no. Sorry. I told him, get out of here. I don't care nothing about these guys. I forgot to tell you, he he wants you guys to just start walking or traveling north. I think he said run, but I don't... Uh, I think running's pushing it while you're blind like that. I don't, it's kind of a dick move. So I think you can get by if you walk. Walking north is probably fine. Understood. Why aren't we just killing them? What? Um, well, well, they wanted to freaking make him not blind. I gave Jeb the choice. He chose to let them walk. I mean, they're blind. We are killing them. I told him to run. Yeah, running's a dick move. J- Jeb just wants some sport out of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll hunt them later. <laughs> the most dangerous game. Wait, wait, Jeb. Am I supposed to tell them that? No, you're good. 
So don't tell them that you're... Got it. Got it. Just run. And seeing Jeb, like, yell back and forth, they don't understand anything that's happening, and Jeb's... Like, they can probably understand pantomime, you know, like, run. Oh, yeah. Shoo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, they can't see that because they're they blind. They see you making the shoe motion. Oh, I suppose yeah. they're blind. Poor bastards. They're blind at all. They stand up and they begin stumbling away. Uh, they don't really head north. They just kind of start moving to the west. They're not sure where they're going. One of them stumbles over the fallen obelisk <laughs> on the... Uh, the platform here, uh, but does end up getting up and stumbling away. So two Zogaths, blinded Zogaths, flee to the west. It sounds like we did our good deed for the day. This means we're going to do an evil deed later, right? The balance is <laughs> out for a neutral party. <laughs> Goodbye, Zogaths. So, you're now standing among the Peach Pie guest at right, the Scholar's Trial. The man in fine robes with the scrolls under his arm is surrounded by obelisks with ancient writing. What do you do? Well, I guess maybe the scholarly thing is to figure out how to put that obelisk back together? Could be. I make a religion check. How about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm already, hmm. I would make a check on all this shit. Like, what, what the fuck are we looking at here? It's no knowledge engineering anymore. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead and give me a religion check, Peach Pie. What'd you get? 36. You're looking at the site, and the text on the obelisks seems important somehow. But it's nonsense to you. Oh, good thing I know somebody who understands nonsense quite well. Wizard, can you make any sense of this writing? I'll take a look. I start to heal myself. Wizard's eyes go wide. Wizard, you don't know what language this is. Not on a cursory cursory glance. You don't recognize this. This isn't a language that you know. I never took the skill feat that lets you just, like, read anything, did I? I think that's the society one I never took. Don't recognize the language. Does it look similar to any languages I know? No. It's not ancient Aslanti, is it? Why do you say that? Because I understand ancient Aslan. He's got the cloak that allows a human. I've to got read the stole of civility. Holy shit! Peach pie. I was looking at your language list. I didn't see Aslanti there, but I forgot about that cloak. You still have it invested? Absolutely. I wear it. I like my stole of civility. Uh, Peach pie. You take a second look. Wait, you do recognize this? It is As- Aslanti. You can read this. It's weird. It's in this strange. Almost maybe dialect that doesn't quite make sense to you on the translation, but you do understand this. Oh, never mind, wizard. I, I think the cape I wear lets me read this. I just, my brain couldn't figure it out at first. Oh, nice. Wait, what the fuck? (laughs) Beach probably understands a written language that the wizard doesn't. I read it. Okay, so you are going to have to give me either a society or a religion check to attempt to parse the language. I, if this doesn't work, I'm giving the wizard the cape cape to wear for a little while. There we go. How about a 40 in religion? In religion is a success. You are able to parse the archaic Aslanti dialect that this is written in. 
and you learn that there are 12 statues scattered throughout the Vale. You knew, you know, that that was the case coming in. You also find out that a creature wishing to access the verdant beacon in the northeastern end of the Vale must first prove their worthiness measured by successfully completing at least four trials. You already know that there's 12 statues, but I'll also let you know that there's something here you're not quite sure how to translate it from a geography standpoint, uh, but there is a set of what you think are locations of every statue in the Vale. Cool. I make note of that. And you also understand that you now have the Scholar's Blessing. I hate this so much. <laughs> Peach Pie has the scholar's blessing. <laughs> Are we back in that fucking evil, like parallel universe? What the fuck? This doesn't feel right. I take off the cloak and I give it to the wizard. Wizard, you need to do this, not me. Didn't it have to be human? I thought it had to be like a human or something. Oh, like that's that. right. You have to be human. That's why I took it. That's why it you doesn't took it. even work for the wizard. Peach Pie, you understand, is you're given the Scholar's Blessing. You can actually feel it on this weird spiritual metaphysical level that that blessing is not only being bestowed upon you, but it is being ripped from something else that's in the valley. Like you got your hands on a basketball that somebody else was holding, and you ripped it from their possession. Weird. Can only one person have the blessing at a time? Oh, cool. There is more information there, Swanee, but Peach Pie wasn't able to gather it. Probably needed a critical success. Critical success. Uh, also, the wizard absolutely could use this. He just can't use its activation, which lets you gain 10 temporary hit points, which last for 10 minutes. So I absolutely could take this off, hand it to the wizard, give him 10 minutes to invest it, and then... Or no, it's not it's even... It's like an minutes. action to invest. It's like an action to invest it, yeah. I take it off. Yeah, wizard... This is this is beyond me. You, you give it a shot. Are, are you sure, Peach Pie? I, 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 I'm sure. I don't want to like steal the spotlight from you. No, it's, I, it's your moment to be a scholar. It might be the only one in your life. <laughs> Peach Pie chuckles. I put down another laugh. <laughs> Can't help myself. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> Very good wizard. Yeah. You figure it out. I, I put it on and invest. Right. Takes a little bit, but no problem. Once you get it invested, you do see, hey, the language becomes readable to you. It is in a strange, archaic dialect, so you will need to parse the language. Go ahead, give me a society or a religion check. So, arcana or society, right? <laughs> What I'm trying to figure out is... So above it says if nobody knows the language, they can use, you know, society to decipher writing. But this one's just an untyped DC 38 society or religion to parse the archaic language. Just an untyped check. Yeah, it's not a skill action or a feat or anything like that. I don't actually think that applies. That's fine. So which one's better, society or religion? I have a feeling it's society. My society's better, for sure. I'm legendary in society. Oh, damn, I didn't know that. So wait, it doesn't really matter, then. Basically the same stuff. Oh, I suppose for recall knowledge with Arcana is probably better because of the circlet. Well, not the circlet, because the circlet only gives a bonus for recall knowledge, but my ring gives me a flat bonus to my Arcana. 
Uh, oh. Is this technically doesn't have an amount of time? Mm-mm. It is writing on four obelisks. I mean, it's not tiny cramped writing. You're parsing a language that you can largely read just fine. And you're getting the hang of it. I don't know, maybe 30 minutes, an hour? I'm going to say just patience works. Oh, what's that? I haven't gotten a hero point for anything either, have I? I mean, honestly, I wanted to give you one earlier for making Peach Pie laugh. So why don't we throw that in? Yeah, I do want to give you a hero point because of that. Yeah, I'm using that. Wasn't meant to be. Damn. No, it wasn't meant to be. I got a 41. You succeed, but you still can't quite understand the nature of completing the trials, successfully completing the trials. You are currently at and, oh, have completed the Scholar's Trial. You've completed the Beggar's Trial. You have ten more trials available to you. So is there anything on that broken obelisk, or just broken? Moonlight, as you investigate that broken obelisk, you notice that it looks like there's some recent damage to the obelisk, but no matter how hard or how much damage was done to it, no matter how much scouring was done to the stone, looks like you see scorch marks from magic and things of that nature, the writing is clear and unmarred. Hmm. Looks like someone was trying to remove the information from this obelisk as if it was perhaps important. The fallen obelisk is technically where you got the location information from. Okay. So they were trying to block out where to find that stuff from us. You got it. Or anybody else, I guess. Not necessarily specifically us. You're not sure. Okay. Do we want to go north or do we want to go east? Do you want me to indicate which one is which on here, too? Yes, please. Or do we want to go way of chaos? Sure. Fucking chaos it up. Pick a direction and go, or you can choose specifically which trial you want to undertake. I mean, if we're trying to get all 12 and be completionists, it doesn't really matter. Well, then that's the conversation, then, isn't it? Don't we only need four? Only need four. But each set gives you, like, higher access to, like, the tower or something. The defenses of the Veil and the Verdant Beacon will become more available to you the more control you have over the trials. All right, fuck it. Completionist way. That's what I say. Get them all. Get them all? Gotta catch them all. Wait, again, my spell list has been shit lately. Maybe I would like to know where we're going so I can maybe aim my spells that way. Plan appropriately? Yeah. I don't tell them. Which one are we going to next? I'll just know. (laughs) We're going north, right? Way of chaos? Yeah, let's do it. What's the one to the north of us? So if you're headed north, that is the location of the Taylor's Trial. What are we doing with these sheep? We bring the sheep with us. Take some wool off of it and make a shirt. Yeah. You got shears? No, not not real plain fucking sheep shearing. All right, so you start heading north. Uh, Jeb, give me a survival check here. 41. You... We're flying. Wizard's flying. We're all flying. My phantom steeds are still active. Oh, that's right, the fucking phantom steeds. Okay, this might be a little easier then. From this height, you're getting a good... Except we have the one sheep we have to do something with. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, the sheep. That's why I assumed you were walking. How fast can the sheep move? 40 feet. It's got a 40-foot move. So half the fly speed of what you've got on the Phantom Steeds. I hate it. You're close enough to the shepherd's trial. You're, what, a, a mile away? Go drop it off and then go on your merry way for the rest. Probably save yourself time and get into the new one. You're literally double your speed without the sheep. But that's just a suggestion. We do that. Yeah, if we can double our speed, we would actually get to the next one about the same time we would have if we had to go 40 feet. <laughs> All right. So you go back and drop off one of the sheeps to Elosa. She congratulates you on your success on the first. They like to wander. Good luck with the rest. And you fly away on your phantom steeds. As you're making your way to the tailor's statue... Jeb, you notice that there seems to be an obvious trail that you're following. You're actually running almost parallel. But this trail kind of is a straight line from the scholar's statue to the tailor's statue. Everybody else give me a perception check. Yeah, just everyone give me a perception check. 46. Oh, the wizard that's, beat me. That's 20 for 47. Oh, wizard. With your critical success, wizard... You also see what Jeb sees, although you wouldn't necessarily be able to get the information that Jeb gets. Jeb understands that this trail is marked in the land with years and years and years of regular use. But the wizard spots on the horizon four metallic humanoids striding along this path in a single file line, and they... I dismiss slow and put spell storing shocking grass back in. I looked up spell storing and it has a set DC for s- spells. Oh, oh, it has a set oh, does DC. It? That's 30. That's fucking shit. Oof. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a reason I didn't do other spells when I looked at it previously. Oh, shit. It's the Minnesota Viking <laughs> construct. Purple and gold. Yeah, it's a construct. Let's, let's pass. Let's just <laughs> fly right over it. I want to be the friends. It's a huge construct. There are four of them. And again, they're marching in an obvious single file line along this well, very well-worn path. Also, it looks like James Hetfield. Wizard, give me a society check just because I want to see if you get this information and it's fun. 45? So, Wizard, you actually recognize pretty quickly from far away, because it holds the same likenesses that the statues do. The statues are all in Aridan's likeness, and these four huge metallic constructs are also made in Aridan's likeness. Oh. Well, Aridan looks like James Hetfield. And they're made of metallic? It's perfect! He's got, like, purple metal robes on, and he's got a one-handed long sword with a furnace flame shooting out the top of its head. What does the party do about that? They don't seem to have recognized that you're there. Uh, the height advantage makes a good difference here. Can we just ignore them and go by them? Peach Pie goes and kills them because you casters are pansy. I can't do anything to constructs. I'm a caster. Come on, Jeb. Let's handle this. Let's do it. That's a fucking caster. (laughs) (laughs) He's got an axe, though. I overcome 10 points worth of their resistance, whatever it is. I dismiss Peach Pie's horse. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Peach Pie falls to the ground. 
with the classic. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> well, it's up to you guys. There is a clear path that they travel. It's obvious that they've traveled this path for a very long time. If you don't want to fight them, we don't have to. It's up to you. It wouldn't be difficult to avoid them. Sure, we avoid them then. We only have limited number of spells and stuff. I don't see why we need to risk fighting something that we don't need to fight. Okay. Now you've got it a good distance away. Just tell me how you're avoiding it. Go high. So fucking high. Make it look like we're frickin' birds flying in the sky. <laughs> to get some real, real height. This is the highest any of, any of you have probably been in the in the sky. To fly over them. You get a good look at the entire veil from up here. And you can clearly see the verdant beacon, emerald green and shining and in splendor on the other end of the veil. You make your way to the Taylor's trial. You land in front of the Taylor's statue and you can see it clearly. You head down there. A ten foot tall statue of a barely clothed man stands at the foot of a gentle slope, holding a long swatch of stone carved to resemble cloth draped over one arm. His opposite hand is empty, but from the rubble on the ground it looks like he had once held a stone needle and thread. Much of the fabric has also been smashed and broken, the sharp edges and chips of stone scattered nearby. A pair of Zolgath corpses lie sprawled at the statue's feet. Death hasn't improved their telltale stench. Awesome. Let's put some robes on this guy so he's got some uh, covering him. Because <laughs> he's super in his britches. He's super in his skivvies. Because <laughs> it's like the tailor has no clothes, I guess. Is there any writing anywhere? You do not see anything like that, no. I mean, do we need to make like a crafting check or put some clothes on him? Yeah, I could. I got. I, I got. I got so much fucking clothing. Oh, yeah, you got, like, a bunch of women's clothes. Put some women's clothes on him, don't you? (laughs) Um, let's see here. I know I got some clothing here. Can I make a crafting check to understand? (laughs) Or just another religion check? Uh, no and no. I got got elegant clothing, and I got fine clothing. This statue needs some elegant clothing, man. Elegant? Elegant's worth 16 gold. Fine is worth 2 gold. Elegant! Okay, I'll throw some up. I'll throw some elegant clothing on it. This dude needs to look fancy. I'm certain this is feet. This is women's clothing, by the way. I'm, I'm like 99% certain. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You put an exquisite ball dress, like a, a cocktail dress on him. I think this is from the succubus. It is from the succubus. Oh, you're putting the succubus's clothes it's, it's on. An, it's an LVD, a little black dress. <laughs> <laughs> I do need somebody to make a crafting check to put these items on here, or a thievery check, because the large stone cloth draped over the man's arm makes it, makes it extraordinarily difficult to get items of clothing on him properly. I get a 35 crafting check. I try to assist him and roll that one for a 28. I mean, technically that's a success. No, it's not. So it drops a down to a failure. failure. Uh, Can it I just does nothing, right? Assist with thievery? Or do a thievery check? <laughs> you just do a thievery check. Yeah, do assist with a thievery is fine. 
because there's going to be some, you know, without ripping the LBD, it's going to take some finesse. I get a 42, which is a critical success. Yes. Beach buys crafting check is what after the assist? I don't know. Is that plus three? What rank are you in? I'm only trained. Uh, So it's only plus two, right? On a critical success? Correct. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I get a 37. A 37 is a success. But in order to make sure you don't damage the material, it takes you four hours to do it. Okay. There you go, those steeds. Sorry. This is very tedious work. Like, Peach Fred's maneuvering it around, and Moonlight's trying to, like, subtly make it so that it doesn't tear as he, like, pulls it over things. <laughs> I feel like I'm really delicately loosening the threads, the seams, so it can spread a little bit more, then tightening them back in. And after... Those four hours of work, he looks fabulous. Excellent. And Peach Pie, you gain the tailor's blessing. Do I rip it away from somebody again? Yes. You do feel it ripping away again. You rip that blessing from somebody else's grasp. I was going to ask, when I read that shit, did I take the scholar's blessing from Peach Pie? Or how did oh, that interesting. Because it's in the group, No. Like, you're, you're individual entities, but you're here as one with a purpose. So once somebody in the group acquires it, you're all now sharing to an extent. I could give you more information, but you didn't get it from other places. Like the Scholar statue. But that's okay. You now have three blessings. And it's probably just after noon. You got going pretty quickly on, on this this morning. So it's early afternoon right now. Alright, next statue, northwest corner. So it's only early afternoon, we should still have our steeds. Probably get them for another two hours here at this point. That is the location of the thief's trial. This is probably going to be our biggest issue, because I'm thinking I'm the closest thing to a thief we have, and I'm not very good at it. (laughs) What's your bonus? 25. You got any spells that steal souls? Steal the soul of the statue that doesn't have a soul? To the thief, then. Well, you make your way to the thief, still on the phantom steeds. Those things are damn fast. As you get into the air, I need a secret perception check from all four of you. Secret! 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 I hate it. (laughs) Tyler, what'd I get? Won't tell you. What'd I get? Won't tell you. I want to know if I'm the best. Uh, Peach Pie, you did get the best. <laughs> Fucking nerd. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, otherwise you all suck. <laughs> Peach Pie, you get into the air on your way to the thief statue. Oh, God, that's hideous, but awesome at the same time. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and explain what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, Peach <laughs> yeah. Pie, I don't know. How that, that's the difficult part with this guy. That's why I was kind of drawing a total blank. Um... Beach by is your wow. flying along and you're getting more comfortable on that phantom seed. You're checking out the landscape. You see way off to your east. Not one. Not two. But, but eighteen. Five huge beasts that are not like prowling through the landscape. They are sprinting across the plains. And they are four legged monstrosities. I've got it. I've got it. Yeah. Take an ankylosaurus. Okay. Turn it inside out and then mix it with a displacer beast. 
Oh, that that kind of works. That kind of works. It's got like this like squid. So like yeah, like an octopus on its back. Yeah, it's like it's gross, and it absolutely looks like it's some kind of creature inside out. I was gonna say mix it with like an ant eater and an octopus. <laughs> that is this creature. Very gross. Peach if you point it out or attempt to point it out to uh, the party members, they can't really track it down exactly. You critically succeeded on your perception check. Follow me. We'll go intercept them. As you get closer to the interception point, are you trying to find a spot way ahead so you can hide an ambush? Or are you looking just to intercept them while you're in the air and just rain from above once more? I don't know if you have the spells for that, though. I do. I don't know about the rest of you. I'm just going to repeat everything I did last before. How many are there? Is it that many? Two, four, six, seven Seven. of them? There are seven total. Five of the freaky octopus-backed inside-out stegosaurus creatures and two of the T-Rex men that you came across further down the mountain. Moonlight, talk or kill? I mean, we have to kill them. Why? We don't know what they're doing. They, they, they want to steal our thing. You, you judging a book by its cover, you son of a bitch. They're trying to steal your scholar thing. To st- steal our. We don't know stuff that for sure. I don't really care. I'm I'm the scholar here. I think I would know. <laughs> I, think I would know. I'm the scholar. <laughs> I don't really care. I want to kill them all. Is this one of those situations where you're like, get as close to 500 feet as you can before we initiate combat? We just psh, 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 go from there. Right? I mean, yeah. I don't okay. have many spells left that I can shoot that far. Interesting. Okay, so then as you are getting closer, before you get to that five... Ow, I just hit my funny bone. Before you get to that 500-foot mark, uh, you see that they do, in fact, spot you. And they turn towards you off the path that they were previously on. Maybe they want to come talk. Fine, we can talk to them. We can try to talk to him. We got no problem with that. We, we, we could stay like, you know, 100 feet or pl- more in the air and try and talk to him. We don't need to get down to their level. Right? Sure. I talk to them with my hammer. So we fly down to him, get about 100 feet away, and stop and try to hail them. Yes, I said hail like this is Star Trek or something. Hailing pack of ravenous dinosaurs. I mean, it's only two dinosaurs and five, whatever the fuck those things are. They got tentacles and feet. I don't think they can fly. Dinosaurs are friends. I mean, some people are into tentacles, okay? (laughs) I got no issue with tentacles. I'm just saying I don't think the tentacles allow them to fly. (laughs) So you get within your 100 feet. They've turned their attention towards you, and they're now coming at you. Are you in the air, or are you on the ground? In there. Oh, totally flying. So if you're in the air as they see you at 100 feet away... Moonlight waves. The two dinosaur men, the Saurians, they stop while the five continue on. And the ones that stop cast a spell. Recognize spell. Airwalk. And they're going to start climbing the invisible stairs up to your height at 50 feet in the air. 100 feet in the air. You guys are 100 feet in the air? Yeah. And 100 feet away. I don't know how far away we are. All I remember is that we set, we specifically said we were 100 feet up in the air. 
Yeah, I mean, we specifically said we were 100 feet away. At least that's what I said. So I guess we're 100 feet away and 100 feet in the air. And 100 feet in the air. Sorry, I was looking for clarification. I guess I, I, I had said 100 feet out. Well, either way, the two dinosaur men begin climbing the air up to you. It doesn't seem as though the other five have any method of doing so that you can tell so far. So this is going to be where we roll for initiative. Oh, they're coming up angrily? Oh, yeah. I, th- I thought they were just coming up to talk. Spear in one hand, man catcher in the other. Did you say beer in one hand? Spear. Beer? At the top of round one, one Saurian warmonger gets the jump on the party and goes first. Now, this one is, of course, it needs to climb through the air. Uh, so it uses its land speed, but it's moving upward because you're 100 feet in the air, 100 feet away. So it only gets to actually get 20 feet closer to you every action it uses. So it closes half the distance and gets 60 feet on its way towards you. So you now have a T-Rex man 40 feet away from you, down and diagonal away. Beach Pie, it's your turn. Yeah, I'm going to have to spend an action to rage. It's very annoying. So, I'm not going to be able to attack him. He's like right here. 40, 40 feet down, 40 feet. Unless I wanted to fly toward... Unless I wanted to fly up to him? Do I want to do that? No. I don't want to. You do are that. flying. You're on a flying horse. I know. I know. But like... Because I need two actions to use my extendo mallet. But I have to also use an action to hover. And I need an action to rage. So... I just assumed you'd fly up to him. Yeah, no. I want to leave it clear for you guys to launch your fucking AoEs first. Right? I mean, we're going to shoot him at the guys in the back, not at him. Okay. Action two, I fly up to it. Action three, I attack it. This motherfucker doesn't have fucking displacement. I get a 41. That hits. Rolled badly, but deal it 39 damage. He takes all of it. Aha. I'm done. All right. Then after Peach Pie, it takes us over to one of the other Saurians. Uh, This one is positioned just a little bit differently on the approach, uh, but still... You know, 100 feet away, uh, and what have you. It's going to do the same actions that his buddy just did after he used the airwalk and starts climbing up. Climbs up, gets closer, now at the same level as his partner, and with Peach Pie, 40 feet away from the rest of the party. Wizard, it's your turn. Uh, First action, I fly 80 feet towards the five huge beasts that ran past us, which kept going. Uh, then I drain bond to the item level 8 to recall Eclipse Burst. And I fire off a 8th level Eclipse Burst for my 2nd and 3rd actions on the 5 huge beasts. Well then. Reflex saves. Reflex saves coming in. 3 fails, 2 successes. Pretty down the middle for that one, for that this group of aberrations. God, 2 of them were close to critical fails. It says they're beasts. Oh, I suppose. Sorry, the uh, the tentacles threw me off. In my defense, I, w- I would have assumed aberration also, but it says yeah, no, beast. they they are actually beasts. Well, that's ninety ten cold and ninety four negative, assuming that they're living. All right, and they are, so they do take that damage. It's a seventy total. Dang, no crit fails, huh? Yeah, 35. There was two of them were one away from crit fails, and one succeeded on the dot. 
Well, then after the wizard lays down some eclipse burst fires down on those beasts that takes us over well let's just say to the beasts at large there's not a ton that they can do they continue running towards your location yeah they run right below you moonlight it's your turn okay um no i'm gonna shoot off a let's go with the phantasmal killer I'm going to go on Huge Beast 1. Oh, we'll do a 9th level Phantasmal Killer on Saurian Warmonger 1. Going to need a will save from him. Well, not great. Specifically, <laughs> critically it, not great. Is it immune to death effects? Uh, it is, it is, it is, uh, it is not. No, it is not. I need a fortitude to save. Hey, I get it, it, it dies. Not great. <laughs> not great. <laughs> this one right in front of you. <laughs> critical. This one right. This one right here. Um, two crit fails on the level nine phantasmal killer. Wow. Uh, yeah. The first crit fail. The target is so afraid it might die. It must attempt a fortitude save. If the target fails, it dies. Cool. Well. This is does have the incapacitation trait, so Oops, no. I'm assuming it's not higher than 18th level. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. Uh, then it's dead. Well, then the T-Rex man who's just like trucking it on on his way up to you just stops, falls, crumples, and it's like 60 feet in the air. It falls with a thud on the floor, the ground below. It's been a while since we've done this, but Moonlight, the shadows around Moonlight kind of gather and their eyes kind of flash. Whatever it sees is so terrifying, its heart just stops and it falls to the ground. I love the idea of a T-Rex man looking into a blood, fiery red sky to a meteor falling down on him, but that's just because of our own planet and history. (laughs) Our own history. Yeah. That's just an Earth reaction. It, he dies, falls to the ground, splashes in a nearby puddle, is completely lifeless and dead. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah, because, I mean, it has to have a poor will save and a poor fortitude save. So it doesn't happen too often. But when it does, it's pretty neat. When it does, it's a one-shot. That will take us over to another one of the huge beasts... Instead of going right below you all to look up like uh, the other one went before did, this one actually runs to the Saurian that fell to the ground and begins feasting on its carcass. It's messy, it's sloppy, but it's devouring this creature. And another one of the huge beasts follows suit, starts digging in. Jeb, flying 100 feet above the carnage. It's your turn. Well, one's already dead, I guess. I'll just, uh, is this one right next to the moonlight, right? It's 100 feet below us. 100 feet below, yeah. Well, I'll make a descent and land then in front of this one and attack it. All right, well, you can move straight down double speed, so... Oh, so I can do it once. Oh, so one movement then. Jeb just descends 100 feet in a flash. I hit! Whoa! And hits 
the huge beast. I'll activate my spell storm. So then I don't need to make a save, do I? Because it's shocking grasp. Yeah, I'm just going to throw damage onto it. Sweet. 29 from the hit, 23 from the lightning. And that's all I got. Jeb comes down on the phantom steed and just slices into this beast. Which takes us over to one of the other beasts. Seeing that he's got a little bit of a choice here. Live prey. Dead prey currently being eaten by two of its pack. Yeah, let's go take another one down. So it takes and spends all of its actions moving to get up to Jebediah. But after it uses those actions, it doesn't have any remaining. Which takes us to the last beast, who decides to use all of its actions to go and join its brethren at the Saurian, who's currently being picked to pieces. That's round one. Take us to the top of round two. The Dinosaur Man, who is now right even level with Peach Pie. And just saw its friend fall out of the sky. Dead. You know, that happened. But it does stab at Peach Pie with his spear. Cool. It's attacking you with a weapon! Rolled poorly, gets a 37. This is the... (laughs) Yeah, rolls really poorly. With its second and third actions, it uses an ability called Bone Shaking Roar. I'll bet my bones will be unshaked. Yeah, probably, uh, especially since you need to make a fortitude save here. Sounded like a fortitude type of thing. Yeah. Oh, God, you rolled so well. Yeah, get wrecked. And no one else is within 30 feet. Peach Pie gets a 51 and critically saves before even his effects. Oh, I suppose because Jeb's on the ground. Peach Pie is nonplussed by the dinosaur man, and it's Peach Pie's turn. I guess I'll spend that first action to hover, which I guess incurs a tax opportunity if he's got him. It would, and he'd take it if he could, but he can't. So sweet. I swing on him. So the half spells that can cast Airwalk, but still chose to come right up in our face. The giant dinosaur, man. What are they supposed I mean, to do? Cast spells. The spells they can cast basically boil down to, well, Airwalk. I deal him some damage, I swing again, I hit him again, and I deal him some more damage. 54 and 48, respectively. All right. He takes all of it. That's my turn. Yeah, the only actual spells that they have are Airwalk, Animal Vision, but it only works with dinosaurs, and then Speak, <laughs> speak with Animal. That's, that's it. That's all they got. Well, then after Peach Pie deals the dinosaur man some damage, that takes us over to the wizard. It's your turn. So now the three of those beasts are grouped up. Warmonger 2 is with Peach Pie, and Beast 3 and 2 are down by Jeb. Yes. 2 and 3 and Jeb are on the same level on the ground. How close are the two groups of beasts to each other? As represented about on the map. As represented, okay. Yeah, about 15 feet away for it the closest, but, you know, they're huge, so they cover a decent space. Gotcha. I will fly down... 40-ish feet away from them. I'll drop down a little bit and, and just kind of move into a spot I like. And then I will drain bonded item level 7, recall my 7th level Eclipse Burst, and Eclipse Burst the 5 beasts again. <laughs> just more Eclipse Burst. How far away from the ground are you? Uh, I'm going to be 40 feet up. Oh, okay. Yeah, still fine. Uh, Alright, then uh, all five of them are going to need to make uh, reflex saves here, then... Give me a sec. There we go. Ranging from very good to very bad, we've got one natural 20 with a critical success, two critical failures, 
and two failures actually were mostly bad and just got lucky. That's what that is. So two blind, huge beasts, yeah? Sounds like it. It technically gets blinded, but it's not actually going to matter, so I'm not going to put the blinded condition on it. Smell bullshit? Or scent? It has a precise scent, yeah. Nice. Uh, so 8d10 and 8d4, I roll a total of 48 damage. So 96 for those critical fails and 48 for those fails. And they all take all that damage. I, I gotta point out, though, those d4s are difficult to look at. Five ones and three twos? Yeah. Yeah, I've had better. Yeah. Then after the wizard, that's going to take us over to one of the beasts. This one is not munching on the Saurian carcass. This one instead is engaging Jeb. And with its first action, it snaps at Jeb with its jaws. and gets a 48 to hit. That's a hit. With a 48 and the hit, Jeb will take 44 points of damage. And some of it being acid... As the acid that slathers from its jaws gets onto Jeb's skin, it uses its second action to grab, and then its third action... Swallows whole! ...to lash at Jebediah with a tentacle, actually. I just assumed, since it's a huge beast, it would swallow him whole. I mean, it's a good assumption. And and it's... Two on the die. And it's Extinction Curse. (laughs) I'm going to assume that's probably not good. No, it doesn't doesn't get to hit you with the tentacle at the 27, I would imagine. You are grabbed in its jaws, acid dripping on you. Moonlight, you witnessed that. Jeb grabbed below you by a beast. It's your turn. I think I can hit three out of, or four out of the five on the ground here with a phantasmal calamity. Okay. So I'm going to need some will saves. Will saves. We've got them coming, and they're bad. They are bad. Real bad. Three failures, one critical failure. Well, we'll start with damage. 36. At least decent damage. Not bad. And the and one that takes double is decent. I need a reflex save from huge beast number two. And that is for... The control stuff. It gets a 36. Uh, That is a failure. If it fails the second save, it is stunned for one minute. It can attempt a new will save at the end of each of its turns to disbelieve the illusion. So it's stunned for a minute, but it it gets a will save once a turn. Yes. Okay. That's number two. That's one of the ones that's uh, standing around Jeb, not one of the ones that's eating at the carcass of the Saurian. So, stroke of luck there. Well done, Moonlight. Uh, I'm assuming your third action was to fly in place? Yes. All right, got it. Actually, I will descend, not all the way to the ground, but uh, how tall are these things? Uh, these things, they're they are long, not tall, huge creatures, but they're still 12 feet tall. I will descend to, like, 40 feet. Got it. If they were able to stand on two of their legs and stand upright, there might be, like, a situation where they could jump at you, maybe. But it doesn't seem very likely. 
Well then, after Moonlight, that's going to take us over to some of the huge beasts. Let's get by the ones that are just chomping away, uh, which are the next two in the initiative order, Huge Beast 1 and 4. So since they're just eating, that's going to take us over to Jebediah, who is currently also, well, kind of being eaten. Nom nom. Nom nom nom. Oh, shit. I didn't notice Peach Pie was in there. Uh, Pe nice. Peach Pie got hit by a fantastical calamity. Oh, no, no. Peach Pie is in the air. 60 oh, he's, oh, that's right. He is in the air. Okay, that's yep, that's yep. why Peach I... Peach Pie and Nassarian are 60 feet in He's fine. He's fine. I'll swing at three, and I continue to bash this guy's head in. Oh, wait. Can I... I can use my... I can still attack, right? Normal? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. I always yeah. You attack great. normally from, from uh, a horse. Well, I'm grappled. Oh, yeah. You're grappled, not swallowed, so you can attack normally. Well, I swing twice for a total of 70 and miss the third strike. All right. Jeb just hacking at this creature's neck from inside of its mouth. You do technically have a free escape action. Oh, that's right. Do you have Imperius, too? Yeah, he's got the implacable also. Yeah, oh, implacable, that's what it what is. What is it, acrobatics? Oh, athletics, right? Whichever's higher, melee attack. Right, I was searching for a 20, it's not a 20, so. <laughs> yeah, because it's going to be to minus 10 with your multiple yeah. attack penalty. Alright, so Jeb hits twice at this creature, makes an attempt to escape, but fails. That takes us over to the huge beast that is stunned right next to Jeb. It falls prone and is flailing its limbs around, but it doesn't seem to be coming after you in any way, shape, or form. It's going to make it safe to see if it recovers from that condition at the end of its turn. Will save, right? Oh, I guess we both both dropped it. And they both fails. Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, no, a 35 will fail. So it doesn't recover from the stunned condition, it just moves on, ticks next round, right? Correct. Alright. That takes us over to, oh, huge beast eating dinosaur carcass. He's occupied. That's going to take us over to the Saurian warmonger that is up with Peach Pie. He's going to use his first action. Because they're doing airwalk, they don't need to hover, correct? They just... Correct. They don't need to just, hover. That's what makes airwalk so good. So the first action that this creature is going to use is something called the three-limbed lunge. So it's going to target Peach Pie. So we got both hands, and what's the third limb? So this is a Saurian, right? This is a Saurian, yes. It's got something called three-limbed lunge. That's yeah, three-limbed lunge. Okay. I absolutely love it. Uh, and that's one action. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to strike three times. One strike with each of the weapons in their hands, and one strike with their tail. Tail. So, okay. spear comes first. You are really thinking there's a penis, or what? <laughs> you just really wanted it. No, I just wanted to imply it. I just wanted to imply it. The third limb. Strike me with the dick. <laughs> Obviously, Paizo is not putting a penis attack in their game. Losers. I just wanted everybody to think it. <laughs> Losers. Fucking <laughs> prudes. <laughs> Fucking prince. <laughs> he misses with the 38. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. I got distracted on the whole penis swinging thing. Um, yeah, obviously. Obviously. Second attack of the three-limbed lunge is going to happen with a man catcher. I am a man. Beach by 38 hit. Nah. Nope. And then the third and final swing is going to be with the tail. Roll the five at the die. That was bad. It fails that. 
Because it used this action, it is now flat-footed until the beginning of its next turn because it was a desperate attempt. Once more, he lets out a bone-shaking roar. Peach Pie, give me a fortitude save. Ooh, I rolled in that one. Oh, wow. Are you ready for this? Sure. What's the order in which you determine the success? Is it the result of the roll or the fact that there's a one or 20? Okay. Do you remember? First off, 30... No, it's... You take you take your whatever it would be, whatever the 34 would be, and then you adjust it by, you know, the die. Then here we are. A 34 is a success. So that takes me... So the one takes me down... To a failure. To a failure. But I still only take half damage on failures. Because it's a fortitude save. save. Got it. Okay, so Beach by you are going to take half of 10d6 sonic damage. Half of 35, which is... Oh, why'd you take no damage? Because it's absorbed. Because my temp HP absorbed it. Like 17 damage, which all gets absorbed. Man, you're a frustrating sponge sometimes. Anybody ever told you that? No, but I'll take it. Frustrating sponge. Beach by it's your turn. This sponge has some spines, though. It hits back. Hold on, let me put flat-footed on him so you can wreck him. So, uh, first action to hover. Uh, actions two and three will be attacks. Get a 39. That'll hit. Deal at 55 damage. All right, takes all of it. He's not looking great. A little heavy. A little just over half of his health gone. That third action looks like we get a crit. That's a crit. Which I've really been waiting for. Third multiple attack? That's not my third multiple attack. It's my third action. Second oh, multiple attack. Got it. So we're going to deal him 97 damage. Oh, and knock him to the ground. Okay. So here's an interesting question. All the way to the ground? I would assume so. Oh, wait. He's got air walk. He's got air That walk. might work different than fly. I would be willing to allow you to say he just gets knocked, like, onto his air walk butt. And we're trying to think, yeah, so, like, this target can walk on air as if it were solid ground. It's such a straightforward spell. Yeah, so straightforward. Airwalk. Yet another reason airwalk is better than fly. If it can walk on air as if it were solid ground, if you knock it down... It can fall on its butt on its solid ground. Yeah. It's just floating there. I, I would say if it was fly, he'd be knocked all the way to the ground. But because it's airwalk, I think he just falls on the air. I concur, because it says as if it's solid ground. As if it's solid ground. Okay, okay. I, was, I wasn't I was actually expecting everybody to agree with Look that. at us figuring stuff out. Also, the whole, like, you can't ascend or descend at more than 45 degree angle. It's like... That's how stairs work. That's how I picture it, at least. Airwalk on invisible stairs. That being said, after Peach Pie knocks this guy on his ass and deals him just a ton of damage, he's not looking great. Uh, but that takes us over to the wizard. It's your turn. Kind of out of AoEs. They're all pretty fucking weak at this point, too, right? All the beasts on the ground? Yeah. At varying degrees of almost dead. Some of them are only half health. Some of them are less than a quarter. They're all they're all at least half dead. I will fly back behind Jeb and drop down to about 30 feet. I'm going to have to drop down lower than that. Fuck. Uh, drop down to like 25 feet for my first action. And then second and third actions, I will electric arc huge beasts two and three. Okay. So the one that has Jeb and then the other one that's stunned and inside... The Phantasmal Calamity. Yep. 
Uh, reflex saves, right? Yep. Okay. We've got uh, bad and worse. Uh, one rolled the natural one. The one that's in the... Yeah, that makes sense. The one that's in the calamity critically failed. Uh, the one that has Jeb in its jaws gets a 40 and fails. Our cantrips heightened to 10th level as well, right? No, I don't... I don't think they're. Part, I don't think. They're I part don't of that. think they do. It says it in level ten spells. It says like does not. It says I just read it. It's under the tenth part, like the primal permafat that I get. At. Yeah, it's like tenth levels are different. You gain a tenth level slot and can prepare a spell in that slot using primal. You can't use this spell slot for abilities that let you cast spells without expending spell slots or give you more spell slots. You gain. Uh, I guess it doesn't say, but but it does always say that's heightened to half your level rounded up. I mean, I'm not using that spell slot. Yeah, you're not using a spell slot. Casting a cantrip doesn't use a spell slot. But I mean, heightened specifically says half your level rounded up, doesn't it? Yeah, well, in cantrips specifically says a cantrip is always automatically heightened to half your level rounded up. Well, there you go. Never mind. So that That's would be 10. 10. Yeah. So cantrips. All right, cool. 10. I guess it does then. So cantrips do heighten to 10 because cantrips calls out not based on level of spell that you can cast. It's based off of half level rounded up. So oh, fuck, so. I killed that last guy harder. Oh, from with the yearbook? With my book. <laughs> I mean, it gives a little extra value to the cantrip uh, at this level, too. Just a little. Can't wait for my psychic. I'll cantrip everyone's face. Or I'll just whisper into your guys' ears to kill people. So 10d4 plus 6 is a whopping 30 damage. Well, a 30 on one, 60 on the one that critically failed. Neither are dead, but neither is doing well either. Okay, well then after the wizard takes some shocking actions. Huge Beast number three, the one with Jeb in its jaws, uses its first action to you know it, you love it, swallow whole on Jebediah. Always Jeb. Did you take uh, Did you take the uh, yeah. breath control? <laughs> I did. Hell yeah. <laughs> Jeb's like, this is old hat. Okay, this is against your reflex DC. Does a 43 succeed? Yeah. Eat me, senpai. <laughs> that was that was yeah mm-hmm. that was good uh let's see yeah you are currently swallowed drop this on you so jeb you were going to take a bunch of bludgeoning and some acid damage on your way down the gullet of this creature uh 33 total between the two you also take that 5d10 damage at the end of each of your turns while it, while you're swallowed. And then, let's see. Now it has the only prey that it has access to from the ground in its belly. It looks around, and it's really hurt. But it's gonna, it's gonna kind of drag itself over to the other corpse. And just kind of lay down next to its compadres who are just digging into this thing. Moonlight, it's your turn. I'm going to cast a three-action spell, which means I will drop to the ground. Okay. And take 20 damage since I was 40 feet in the air. But I'm going to cast Visions of Danger. It's been a little while since I've used it. An illusion of horrific creatures fills the area. The creatures look like tiny swarming monsters with a specific appearance, which I just have always kind of pictured as... Like mini, sh- mini shadow moonlights. 
I agree, but for some reason I've always thought of them as the little tiny uh, leshies from book two. Yeah, your, your little like deformed mini Yeah, mini the little moonlights. deformed mini moonlights. Um, which is fine. So I think that we'll hit one, two, three, four. These four over here. So all four that are around the corpse of yes, the Yes, the four that are eating the, the dead guy. I will need will saves from them. As, as is, you know, happening this evening to me. Three failures, one critical failure. Uh, bad rolls. Well, no, actually decent rolls. Bad stats. Bad, bad, bad pluses. Um, so that's, yeah, three failures, one critical failure. It's just a basic save, so nothing real special about it. Uh, the failures will take 44. The critical failure will take 88. And die, it looks like. And the one that swallowed Jeb... That went over to lay down to digest dies. Jeb, you're still in its belly, but it's dead now. Which means three actions to cut yourself out. Well, then after Moonlight puts down one and damages the others, one of them that was around that corpse looks up, sniffs the air. Oh, I forgot. Uh, this spell stays around. Oh. Uh, I need a will save from him. Oh, because it's the beginning of his turn? Oh, yep. shit. Okay. Uh, that's right, it's that one. 26. Uh, that's a critical failure. Oh, good. Holy crap. It takes another 68 damage. 68. Damn. Okay. All right, well, the beginning of his turn takes some extra damage. Uh, so, yeah, it takes 88 mental damage to each creature that's inside the burst once created, enters the burst, or starts its turn inside the burst. Damn. Huh. All right. Well, he takes the damage, but he looks up, sees you, spends two actions running at you after sniffing the air just a little bit, uses two actions to cross the distance toward Moonlight, who is now another available snack, maybe. Looks at you a little strangely. like that tree. Fleshy. It's strange, but it knows you are attacking it, and it's going to try to attack you because of that. Not with its jaws. Instead, it's going to lash out with one of its tentacles. It's got a 15-foot reach? 20-foot reach on the tentacles, actually. Uh, uh, got a nat 20. Uh, yeah, that's going to hit. Critically, in fact. Moonlight is going to take only 39 points of slashing damage, but now has, as well, 2d10 persistent bleed. Well, it's a 2d10 persistent bleed on a normal hit. Recent errata indicates that criticals are intended to expand on persistent damage as well. So Moonlight now has 4d10 persistent bleed damage on them. Goodness. Yeah, that that errata surprised me. So that's... Really? Okay. From the base attack does the 2d10? Yep, base attack does 2d10 bleed. Persistent damage duplicates on criticals as well. Critical failures for save spells critical hits on attacks. So yes, Moonlight, you are now 40-10 bleed. Okay. That's its turn, though. Takes us over to one of the other beasts, one of the other creatures. Uh, does something similar. Except looks up, sniffs the air touch. it's in my thing. I need a oh, that's will right. save. Oh, these guys suck at will saves. 25. It takes 94 damage and dies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it didn't have that much health left. Uh, yes, the little deformed shadow moonlights 
take this thing just down. a swarm they're just like swarming over these things and just destroy <laughs> tearing them to pieces uh yeah that's said now i don't get to use this spell very often but i love this spell <laughs> Yeah, this, <laughs> this drops some good damage on these guys. I mean, it helps that their will saves suck so badly. All right, hey Jeb, uh, you're inside of a belly, swallowed whole. I take three turns to not be inside of a belly. Jeb cuts his way out and doesn't even come close to losing his breath. And I continue to hold my breath because I can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then, after Jebediah, we're going to go over to one of the other huge beasts. This is the one that's stunned and stuck in the Phantasmal Calamity. I don't think it needs to save against its your thing, does it? Um, No, it's outside of it. Not the Visions of Danger? Okay. But it Correct. does get a will save and gets a ugh, 25. Yeah, it's still stunned. Yeah, it's still stunned. All right. Well, that takes us over to... Ooh, another beast. This one's going to take damage, probably. Needs to make a save because it is inside the Visions of Danger. Yeah, number five. And 29. <laughs> They're so bad. <laughs> They're so bad at this. Uh, it takes 80 damage and dies. <laughs> Killing everyone <laughs> with it. Visions of Danger doing work. Uh, well, yeah, that's, that's the end of round three. Takes us up to the top of round four. The one in the air on its ass, and it's a little engaged in the little duel with Beach Pie. Okay, I I, I liked Nidek, but God, I missed Moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, what is that? Two, three kills with that one spell? It's three kills with that one spell so far. A fantastic spell. So the Saurian uses its first action to stand. I attack it. Do you now? Ah. I miss. Peach Pine misses. With its second action, it strikes at you with its man catcher. Oh, I think I, I think it got you. A 43 to hit? Yeah, it oh hits. Gosh, it worked. It worked. Peach Pine, it worked. Takes 19 points of piercing damage. Oh, I rolled badly on the damage die. With a man catcher? With a man catcher. I removed seven of it. Oh, yeah, there you go. It is. It's a weapon. It is a weapon. When it makes a successful man, man catcher strike, uh, you must make a reflex save. Go ahead and do that. Well, but I'm bad at those ones. Well, I'll do it anyways. Oh, you rolled a, I rolled a 17. That's a critical, critical success. So you are not grabbed by the man catcher. He just slices you with it as he jabs it and lunges it towards you. With his second or his final action, he's going to stab at you with his spear and miss with a 33. Peach pie, retort. Yeah, I shall retort. I swing at him. I get a 44 to hit. That'll hit. I deal him 61 damage and kill him. And he head over heels and Peach Pie comes at him from underneath and just smashes his jaw from the underside. Little dinosaur teeth go flying and he backflips to the floor and dies on the ground. Um, That's almost all of them. There's only two beasts back now alive. I guess I spend an action to hover, and then with my third action, I do nothing. You're not going to come land next to one of these things and kill it? Nah, I'm just going to fight him from up here. It's all those AoEs down there. <laughs> I mean, you could easily land, like, right here and kill this one. That's stunned. Nah, I'm going to have fun. Okay. Well, speaking of AoEs, wizard, it's your turn. I'm um, seeing how the one attacked Moonlight midair. 
I don't like that. I'm gonna use my first action to fly a little bit higher. Um, oh, I wasn't oh. midair. I dropped to the ground because I cast a three action spell. Well, they have a twenty foot reach, though, right? Yes. Yes. I did, I did see that they had a twenty foot reach. So yes. I'm going to go ahead and just fly myself up a little bit higher. I don't. I don't want to get within their reach. Um, I'll bump myself back up to forty feet. Because you were at thirty, right? I was actually at twenty five. Close, but not close enough. So my second and third actions, I will then throw a ray of frost at... Which one's the stunned one? Uh, hit, 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 hit number one, please. So I'm going... Kill, yeah, so kill, I'm, kill so number, I'm going one. number one. Get a 44 to hit. That'll hit. Uh, 28 damage. It takes all of it. It's not looking great, but he's still standing. And then after the wizard takes us over to Moonlight. This one is still staring you down trying to attack you for vengeance for what you did to it. Um, I'll throw a book at number two. Are you so confident that your aura is going to kill this one on its turn that you're going after that uh, one? I'm hoping. I'm going to use my hero point because I got nothing better to use my hero point for. <laughs> got to use it on the book kill. Yep. 50 critical hit. There it is. It's a critical hit. Probably won't kill it, but... Um, oh, no. 76 damage. You just... Ignored three. Killed it Barely by three. killed it. It had 73 hit points left. Moonlight, you smash this thing, and it goes flying 10 feet through the air after this book rattles it, and it dies. That's two two critical book kills. After Moonlight puts the, the, the stunned one out of its misery... That takes us over to the last remaining huge beast. And at the beginning of its turn, it has to do the, the, the thing, right? Will save, yeah. Will save, okay. Mm, yeah, okay, there we go. Uh, 29? Yeah, that's a critical failure. Another critical failure. Uh, 44 damage and kills it. There goes another. I softened it up for you. Um, actually, I think you did. By one. By one, it would have had one hit point left if you hadn't done done damage to it. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. Uh, That was a big encounter. Seven enemies all at once. AoEs saved the day. Also, it's really funny to me, just as a note, that the whole adventure is written without the assumption that you're just going to be flying around from location to location. Uh, Certainly not at an 80-foot land speed. You're welcome. You guys are moving really quick, is what I'm saying. Yeah, if we need to go faster, we can go faster. We we just go wherever the fuck we want, whenever we want. (laughs) Can we resolve Moonlight's bleeding, or... Uh Oh. No, let the tree bleed! Like, in combat, it's more of an issue. Right now, it's just an annoyance. Um, so at the end of my turn, I take 19 damage and get a 5 on my flat check, so I fail. That won't do it. Is anyone going to help Moonlight try to first aid on this? Yeah, I can do it. Uh, Mr. Legendary Medicine. (laughs) I'm the Legendary Medicine guy. Yeah, yeah, that's you. I get a 40. 40? You also know, uh, just in, I feel like I brought the errata up so much, so many times tonight. The way that the persistent bleed damage is intended to be written is that any persistent bleed damage, unless specified in an ability, gets healed or is removed when the creature is healed the full hit points. But Moonlight, go ahead and give a, a persistent uh, recovery check because the Peach Pie succeeded. And you get like a plus whatever, four? No. Oh. The DC gets lowered. 
Oh, the DC gets lowered. And I'm lowering it to a DC 12. Someone might go ahead and give me a flat check. That's uh, a six. Still a failure. Let's deal you some more bleed damage. I'll battle medicine you. I cast revival. One action. <laughs> Outside um, of combat. Looks like I take 15 more persistent damage and three. get a three on my flat check. Another round of Peach Pie helping. Moonlight, I battle medicine you for for one action for 50. Did I that low on hit points? And then I make another medicine check to aid you with a 42. Aid successfully. And yeah, Moonlight, you are that down on hit points. You're almost <laughs> halfway there turn. for a moment. I go around and loot everything. Ten's not going to be enough. What's the aid? One? Do it again. Or is it two? Can I just fucking shoot him with a heal? Doesn't magical healing get rid of me? Or is it... Only if you f- get me all the way to full. Which you could potentially do. Uh... Oh, no. He gets it in the next turn. No, I don't. I get a 14 on my flat check. Yeah, but I aided you. And the DC's 12. It's only an aid when, um... I make my bonus. On roll. your turn. This was his... At the end of his turn. Oh, you, rode your, gotcha. you rolled your medicine check before that went through. Gotcha. Nope, you got 5 HP. Figure it out. Jeb's like, <laughs> enough is enough. Battle medicine yourself. Well, I mean, if you'd have done that before... I didn't, so... Fi- oh, before your... The, the last, like... Before the persistent went off again? Yeah, before you're at 100. Let's go. Because... That would have been full. We, we kind of went through pretty quick there. Also, how long is Jeb going to let Moonlight just bleed on the floor before healing? Jeb is kind of callous these days. <laughs> it's gonna be a little better. She... Moonlight's back. Part, that was part of the callousness, wasn't it? That Moonlight was gone. The gods bring you back and not my turtle, so he's still salty. Still, he's still okay. a little salty. Kind of your choice. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I can still be mad at myself. What is that? Three blessings now out of 12 and a few combats that we're just blasting through. So far, this Veil of Arden is kind of a cakewalk. Will the challenges or enemies get any harder? Find out next time as we continue the Extinction Curse. And until then, may you have many great adventures of your own. It's your turn.